Hi guys, welcome to an episode of the Domestic Boyfriends Podcast. My name is Dean. And I'm Vincent. And together we bring you a podcast about comic books, movies, TV shows. Uh, what, am I, what am I missing? Holes. And whatever else we want. And holes. And holes. Uh, welcome to episode two of season two. Um, it's been a minute. Uh, it's been kind of hard on both of us. Uh, life is hitting us hard uh, with making time to do this episode. But uh, we are here. We are going to be uh, talking about some news. We're going to be talking about today's topic. Today's uh, topic, we are going to be talking about the newly released movie, um, The Menu. Uh, I was trying to figure out what the day was. <laughs> what day it was released on HBO Max. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're going to be talking about the menu, uh, something that Vincent kind of stirred me into, not unlike Bubble, uh, and I really enjoyed after watching it. Uh, this isn't a traditional form of media that we have been talking about. You know, uh, it's not Ben 10, uh, obviously our most popular thing that we've talked about yeah. so far. Uh, and it's not like anything mainstream comic book related or anything like that, but we both agreed. I brought it up as a topic that I wanted to talk about on the show. Um, Which it, made me really happy. It was. It's a good change of pace. It's a good change of pace. It's refreshing. It's kind of the same feeling I had with Bubble. Um, just to talk about something that we haven't talked about before. This is the first non-comic um, book or animated related thing that we've talked about uh which i don't think that this will be the last one either with the way that like good movies are going to be coming out soon um have you seen uh don't worry darling what is that it is a movie starring uh harry styles and uh, Harry Styles, Harry Styles of One Direction fame. <laughs> Harry Styles, Florence Pugh as Chris Pines in it. Uh, Does he know that Gemma, he's beautiful? Gemma Chan, Shia LaBeouf's apparently in this. Um, Whoa! What? I don't remember him right. ever. I don't remember him ever All being right. in it. Um, and Olivia I'll, Wilde. I'll Olivia Wilde again. Uh, I think this is based off of a book. I could be wrong. Um, it has a couple people in here, um, but the main duo is Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. Uh, it's a movie, just to give you a quick synopsis, um, it is a movie that seemingly is about an old like 70s style family where Harry Styles is the uh, typical working man who makes the money, so his wife that is at home cooking and cleaning for him, uh, uh, like, yeah. That, I don't know where I was going with that, but like those two stereotypical mm-hmm. archetypes of like the 60s and 70s. Uh, but yeah. something doesn't quite feel right. And Florence Pugh's character feels like she's trapped in some type of routine. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, it's a very good movie. It took a turn that I did not think it was going to take. And it elevated the movie from what I was thinking of like as a five. I, I give the movie this. We'll probably do a review of the movie uh, if Vincent watches it. 
it went yeah, from a five to me it. to like an eight or a nine. Like it went up really high. It was one of those things that I wouldn't have watched if it wasn't for the fact that it was on HBO Max. So I really didn't have to worry about <laughs> going out to theaters. Because if I'm going to be honest nowadays, if it's not something like a Marvel or DC, if it's not a comic book movie or something like really spectacularly beautiful like Avatar, I'm not going to see it in the theater. I'll just watch it at home. Yeah. But that's just me. Because um, there's certain things I want the theatrical experience for. No. Um, I, I love it when when movies have like really just like kind of out there casting. I'm not saying like Harry Styles is not a good actor or anything like that. Cause also I don't have a sample size on that. I didn't mm-hmm. know that he acted. Yeah. Um, but like, Same before you know, the movie. what, and like weird combinations of actors that you wouldn't necessarily put together. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched it and I, I still actually haven't seen it myself, but it's like on my bucket list. I just keep forgetting that it's a movie. Um, do you remember the movie? The dead don't die. Yeah. Yeah. That is also uh, a movie that I wanted to watch. <laughs> Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Selena Gomez, <laughs> and Tilda Swinton all together in a co- comedy zombie movie. <laughs> what? What's the yeah. line that Bill Murray says in the trailer? What do you think it is? And Adam Driver's like, I'm going to be real. I think it's zombies. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. No, I totally forgot about that movie. Um, but yeah, no, I recommend that you watch it. It's an interesting piece. Um, okay. Yeah, it kind of flew under the radar. It kind of gave me also uh, something else. It was popular when it came out. I watched Black Phone uh, in a drive-in movie uh, last what? summer. Um, that was a good. That was also a good. It was a good psychological horror. Um, ever since like Infinity, uh, ever since the Infinity Saga has been coming out, I really derailed the fact that like I'm actually a movie enjoyer. It went like, oh yeah, comic book movies, so fun. Yeah. Uh, because like we had that ten years of just yeah comic book movies. Comic and, book after and comic now, book. now I'm like, there's large gaps. I'm kind of like you know whatever's on Disney Plus is on Disney Plus. Maybe I'll get to it when we're, when it gets released. Yeah. A little and bit more. We have things like the menu and Bullet Train. Bullet Train was a fantastic movie. I wish I saw that in theaters. Yeah, another great movie that's unrelated to comic book movies. So, yeah, yeah. Um, don't be surprised if you see us doing more of those. We might become a more general TV TV movie type of deal. There's some shows that I'd even enjoy talking about. Parks and Rec episode is definitely something that would be fun. Parks and Rec. Once upon a time, shout out to my boy Billiam for his new video. It was awesome. Oh I gosh. I remember that movie or TV show. <laughs> Once upon a time is something that I watched with my mom when I was younger. And like, me too. It was like this. It's honestly felt like a fever dream with some of the things like spoilers. Oh like yeah, Rumpelstiltskin being Peter Pan's son. <laughs> yeah, like his abandoned child, and then he had a kid, and it's like, oh, I, yeah, I guess. Kind of, yeah. Uh, okay. Sold his son so he could stay young. Oh, okay. Prince um, Charming going to give his uh, fake imaginary wife a Valentine's Day card and then just deciding, you know what, I'm going to give it to this nurse instead. <laughs> and yeah. it's Snow White. Yeah, that that show was, that show was something else. So, so fever dream. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh, 
Let's uh, let's look at some news. news. Let's 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 yeah. take let's let's take a bite of the hot, news. Hot news. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess I'll start it off. Uh, oh yeah. Some Marvel, <laughs> some Marvel stuff. Uh, I don't have much on this. Um, something to take note of. We're recording this on the eighth of February. In one week. We have the release of Ant Man Watch Quantumanium. Probably our next and, episode. Uh, and you know what? Special, special thing for it. I'm actually seeing it on Saturday. Whoa! This, I'm gonna this Saturday? See, um, um, I'm going to see a comic book movie? That's crazy. Oh, okay. I thought you meant this Saturday. Th- this Saturday? Wait, how do you get to see it like a week early? I don't know. The theater near me is doing it on Saturday. I think it's on Saturday. What? Either that or I am either that or I'm gonna hang out with a friend of mine and two of his friends and see a completely different movie that I'm expected to go see. What? But I'd rather it's just leave it up on to the seventeenth. Unless it's released tomorrow. Uh, Wait a second. <laughs> when does this movie come out? I thought it was on the seventeenth. Uh Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, uh, um, yeah, it releases. What movie am I seeing on set? I'll figure that out <laughs> later. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna see it on the midnight re- premiere on like Thursday and everything like that. My dog's joining me. Um, oh, your dog is joining? Yeah, oh, she's she's walked up to me. Uh, oh, yeah, I thought you so, meant for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 oh, it's that kind of <laughs> emotional support. Uh, yeah, so in a week. <laughs> A week from now, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have that movie and scene. Probably gonna be the next episode just to keep it relevant. Uh, yeah, uh, excited for that. Uh, I've heard some. I actually haven't heard anything about the movie. I'm trying to avoid anything like hearing anything about it. Um, if you're playing Marvel Snap, little plug in here. <laughs> if you're playing Marvel Whoa. Snap, uh, the season pass for this month is the Quantumanium Path. Uh, and Modoc was a released card. Uh, pretty, pretty awesome. Play Marvel Snap, guys. Uh, guy that created Marvel Snap that also worked on Hearthstone hit me up. Uh, I forgot your name. I love playing the game. I'm pretty addicted. Uh, yeah, so Amen and the Wasp. Uh, other thing uh, that is apparently uh, happening... Uh, this is the last thing I have for Marvel News, is, uh, please excuse my mispronunciation if I mispronounce this, uh, K.U. Kwan, uh, if you remember, you remember him, uh, from being the little, excuse my, excuse the way I say this, the little Asian boy from the Indiana Jones movie? Yeah. <laughs> Who was in everything. Everywhere all at once. Yes. Uh, apparently has been in talks to join the MCU with Kevin Feige. He was in an interview with somebody. Uh, and that was brought up that he was invited. Uh, so that's that's interesting. That's fun. Uh, who he could play is a multitude of people. Uh, so that's that's exciting. Um, I don't I don't have anything else for Marvel. I don't know if you have do you have any Marvel news? You, you have anything? Uh, I I've never heard of a Marvel movie. Okay, yeah, that makes um, sense. That 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 tracks. I've got some I've got some funky stuff for some DC though. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Ooh man, we've had uh, quite a few DC announcements, um, including 
the next what eight to ten year plan for oh, DC? I totally forgot about the whole. Oh, I forgot, it's okay. I forgot about I the James you. Gunn announcement. Yeah, James Gunn came out of the woodwork and was like, "Hey guys, sit down for a moment. Daddy Gunn's gonna talk to you." Here's a ten. Um, minute, here's a ten minute Twitter video. Yeah. Um, and to sum up that ten minute Twitter video, uh, one, uh, uh, Batman Two is still happening. It's going to be uh, apparently completely separate from the DCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he liked the movie, so it's still happening. Yay! The Penguin TV series is still happening. Yay! They are going to be aiming for uh two movies and two HBO Max series a year. Um. That's pretty good. Yeah, the the current plan and sort of timeline ish kind of thing that we're looking at right now is that the Flash is going to reset everything. So you know, Flashpoint. Yeah, he even said the that. New he was probably. just like, Flash is just going to reset the entire universe. Uh, Aquaman two is going to lead into the new Superman movie, which is not going to be Henry Cavill. Very sad. Um. Yes. But we've had a bunch of movie announcements as well as TV announcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as movie announcements go, we had Superman Legacy, The Brave and the Bold, Swamp Thing, The Authority, uh, which I have no idea what that is. The Authority. Uh, and, uh, go, go ahead and then I'll explain what The Authority is. And Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. So, uh a lot of these are going to be based off of like certain comic book runs that are old or current. Uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, I believe, is a current run. Uh, the Authority, uh, when DC bought Wildstorm, uh, that was their superhero group. So the Authority has very similar characters. It is the group that has... Uh, let me look up the Authority real quick. Uh, the authority they're very they're very justice league like uh, except sometimes they kill a lot of people uh, so some members of the authority there are a couple that are more iconic than others um, Apollo and the Midnighter. like the great god no it's a guy named Apollo uh, so oh, Apollo okay. and the Midnighter are the two that come to mind immediately. Apollo is a uh, is a Superman archetype. He's a solar powered superhero. Uh, has very similar ah. powers to Superman. The Midnighter is like taking. Uh, what was the name of the guy from Kick Ass? The original superhero, the the girl's dad. That's a wonderful question. <laughs> I've uh, never seen Kick-Ass. You've never seen Kick-Ass? No. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I love doing this to people. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, my gosh. Nicholas, he looks like... He looks like... I forgot Nicolas Cage was in Kick-Ass. So... So the name of Nicolas Cage's character, who was like the, he was like, he's like a vigilante, right? His name is Big Daddy, Uh, but he's a Batman-like archetype, okay? Uh, Yeah, yeah, he looks like a Batman archetype. Because Kick-Ass is just like regular-ass people uh, that want to be vigilantes. So uh, 
Midnighter is a very is like a Batman archetype, except he has like a supercomputer in his brain and like super regeneration. Uh, ah. and, and the two of them are married. Apollo? Yeah, Apollo and Midnighter are married. Uh, oh. They are one of the few... I believe they're one of the few openly gay married characters in DC, unlike Marvel. Uh, huh. But th- when I think of the Authority, these are the first two I think about because like, they have like a long-running relationship in the Wildstorm of the universe. And like, they're, they're, in my opinion, they're like the first thing I think about when I think about Wildstorm. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, That's so the cool. the authority is like a they're like if the Justice League met the Suicide Squad in the middle in many ways. Huh. Yeah. But go go ahead, continue. Sweet. All right. Well, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh hopefully you'll be able to tell me some more about the things coming up next cuz we've got TV shows. Okay. Waller, which I mean, we it's know what that's going to be about. Yeah, a wall. Yeah, exactly. They they build walls. Yeah. Um we have lanterns, which I am super excited about. Did you see any of the info for that? No, 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 no. Fill me in. It's going to be a like, oh, Hal detective. And, it's a it's a how and John, and John Stewart, yeah, Stewart detective, detective TV show. They're, they want to make that it kind sounds of ter- so cool. They said they want to make it a very terrestrial. Like I remember seeing that part. Is that Kevin Feige said that he, Kevin Feige? Uh, Gunn <laughs> <laughs> um, said, said that he wanted to make it a, like a terrestrial. Uh, detective show which yeah. not a bad idea for lanterns uh, people that are in people like lanterns that are di- designated towards earth sector pretty much just babysit earth anyway so that makes sense yeah for sure uh we have creature commandos yes so. i am really interested about that uh because the only the normal guy that you see there is apparently rick flag senior if you remember Rick Flagg from the Suicide oh, Squad series, that is his yeah. father because Rick Flagg, Rick Flagg Sr. is usually the first like runner of the Suicide Squad. Like in canon, he's usually like the guy who heads the first team. Uh, oh. So I'm guessing Creature Commandos is going to be a very Suicide Squad-esque movie. Like, you know, instead of Killer Croc, you just have fucking Frankenstein, so... But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, we have Paradise Lost. Um, and then to finish it off, and I'm really excited about this one. We have the Booster Gold TV show. Yeah, we haven't had a. Oh my god, we haven't. Booster. <laughs> Booster was shown in like Legends of Tomorrow, I think. Like that's the most recent showing of Booster. Um, I love Booster. I'm really. Oh. What an idiot of a character! Oh well, the uh, my thought is the fact that we're getting booster obviously means that we're going to get like appearances from Blue Beetle, Ted Cord. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, which can lead into a whole different thing because you know him, them both being a part of uh, like the league and uh, maybe even the first Blue Beetle uh, since time like since booster time travels, uh, they might meet up with like the Justice Society and like. Uh, the eventual addition of like Jaime Reyes, uh, getting the Beetle mm-hmm. and everything like that, uh, and just buying Booster Gold in general. <laughs> the question that I I know, the question that I'm left with is, where is my show 
about Firestorm and Static Shock? I come on, guys. The fact that Static like, Shock Static would be such a good character to bring in. I would be so a reboot. I would be very excited. I I would be I would wonder his voice hasn't changed that much from recent interviews that I've seen. I'd yeah. be I'd be interested to see Phil Phil Lamar's voice would change like has changed that much that part of his voice that does static. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that much. Um yeah. I what? The Brave and the Bold uh, movie, Brave and the Bold was like a, was it like Damien versus Batman? Um, Brave and the Bold Thing. was just a, it was just a comic line of, it was just Batman stories. They made, it's Batman like, stories? Okay. it's, it was just a comic I, line with Batman and then they eventually made it to the Brave and the Bold TV show, which was just like one-off stories. I, I just really want Terry McGinnis to be Batman in live action i just want to yeah no that would i with as much as they do with beyond in the comic books i'm very surprised like i I, honestly i wouldn't have been mad if the batman movie we got with uh pattinson yeah i I wouldn't be surprised I, i would have loved if that was a beyond movie yeah, because it would it would Pattinson's be really interesting. Would be like and like, d- don't get me wrong, Pattinson makes a great Bruce Wayne, but like he would make a perfect Terry. McGinnis. I think he'd be a good Terry. I think he could play that younger role, maybe because Terry, honestly, he as much as I think people compare him to like Miguel Miguel O'Hara because like futuristic yeah. and everything like that. I honestly, he gives me like those. He gives me like Peter vibes. Like, he gives me he gives me uh, young Tony from Iron Man the animated series yeah, or whatever yeah uh, honestly vibes, uh, and I think I think what would have made it better rest in peace Kevin Conroy but I think it would have been cool if during the first Batman with Pattinson if it was a Beyond it would have made perfect sense to bring in Kevin Conroy because he could just be Bruce. Like yeah, he sure. in one in his in one of his interviews his like not his biggest regret but one of his regrets uh, as he got older and played Batman was the fact that like since he started like I think he he started voicing Batman what was it the early two thousands probably like in his forties right he always thought that he could don the cow right yeah like the eventual day would come. Um, and he eventually did don the mantle of Bruce Wayne in the crossover on the CW being an older Bruce Wayne, uh, which made, it it made a lot of sense. Um, yeah, but I think that would have been amazing seeing Kevin Conroy as an older Batman training Robin Pattinson. It would just make so much sense to me. Like it it, it just would fit Rob, 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 Rob Pattinson. Dude, I would have loved Robin Williams to play Terry McGinnis. Yeah. Um, it it would have, for Pattinson to be trained by Conroy, would have just been so yeah. poetic. And it, 
I don't know. I think that would be cool. I mean, we can still sort of have something like that because, like, you know, we still have, we still have other Batman that exist. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Like, you know, uh, Mike. We could have. We could still have like the whole Michael Keaton thing be like old Batman, like a Terry McGinnis. Still, I'd love if it was. I'd love I, if I it was set in his universe. So he's just let, like he's just like. Your suit has nipples? It's not his universe. <laughs> I think it would have been... All, was if it, if was it was Michael Keaton. No, he had nipples. No. Michael oh, Keaton no, that was... Not. Oh, no, that was... Okay. <laughs> don't do not do that to Michael Keaton. <laughs> I'm Batman. Look at my nipples. Bad milk. <laughs> um, yeah, go, go ahead. Go on. <laughs> Talk to the Scooby Gang. We can go back to the Bat Cave and have Bat Milk and Cookie. Um, but yeah, um, that's those are the. I also saw for... Super Pets. <laughs> Sorry, this is out of nowhere. I also saw DC Super Pets. That was a movie. Oh God, I wanted to forget that that was a movie. That was so fun. Go ahead. Anyway, was it any good? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I thought it was enjoyable. Okay. Yeah, no, it was cool. Dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it for uh, the DC news. Okay, uh, I have uh, a couple things for uh, some some movie news that apparently yeah. has been announced. Um, I have <laughs> uh, I have this thing in the movie news that is not movie related at all. Uh, okay we're gonna take that out and copy and paste into something else anyway uh i guess that means i only have okay i have two things movie related Um, okay we have uh apparently toy story 5 frozen 3 and zootopia 2 uh are in the works what yeah apparently stop making toy i'm sorry like i i love toy story don't get me wrong like I grew, I we were in that demographic. We we grew up with that movie. Yeah. Stop making Toy Story movies. Well, it should have three legit. Like I loved. It four. actually ended the series. Three, three was such a good way to end things. Yeah, but now that means then the next Kingdom Hearts game. I don't will definitely want get to see <laughs> the. I don't want to see the spork again. I I enjoyed the Keyblade. Yeah, the keyblade that took place during the first movie. Yeah, yeah, but if I don't. We have to keep see, it relevant. I don't want to see the spork again. Oh, but the cactus. And now, if they brought back, if they brought back the pickaxe guy from the second movie, I'd be okay with that because <laughs> he was funny. <laughs> like, um, he would have like so much like villainy there. Oh my god! Uh, Literally murdering people. Yeah, Frozen Three, Zootopia Two. Uh yeah. Hey, Why yeah. are they still frozen? I it's don't know. Summer. They didn't thaw out. Oh not sure. Yeah. The cold uh, bothered me anyway. Yeah, it's fine. Um <laughs> Avatar Studios, uh we have a release yes. date for the second second movie that's in production. Uh October 9th, twenty twenty six is going to be a Zuko based film. Yes. Uh, I, I I bookmarked this. I know there's more news about like the next Avatar after Korra and everything. I'm so excited. Um, We're getting the Earth Avatar. 
Yeah. Um, which I think I think that'd be really interesting. A Zuko movie. I'm interested to see if this is his time as Fire Lord or if this is like I I honestly think that we don't need an origin. We don't need a no we don't need like We already a, have his origin. Yeah, his origin's in the, sh- the series. That's in the show. We don't need like young Zuko being bullied by Azula. No. That's fine. I I never really watched Korra. I, I never finished. I was Korra. about to say it. Did you I, I, I thought you were about to say I've never really watched The Last Airbender. No, I, I watched I watched that airing. Um but I do have the Blu-ray, and I've been, especially since, like, you know, there's been talks of us moving to the next Avatar, that we're going to get this this series about, like, them, like, being older. Um, I am going to need to sit down and, like, watch it. Because I have the Blu-ray of the complete uh, collection for both yeah. original and um, and Korra. I, I know that it's going to stand up because, like... I've had tons of friends who have already like gone and rewatched it and were like, oh yeah, it was as good as I remember, if not better. What Korra? Um the original series. Oh, yeah. I mean I've heard people I've heard so many mixed things about Korra, but um, like I've after overall, you watch I've heard Korra, just really good things about Korra. After you watch Korra, I'm gonna send you the five hour YouTube documentary that somebody dissecting Korra and it's different different parts of it. Uh, oh god. That I you know, I don't like to I've said this multiple times to people. I don't like to hate on media. I don't like to dislike things because I'm at I'm like at the age now, and we're in like that time where like like our time is precious. We can't just waste our time like with three hour movies anymore because that's what the standard is. Uh, I hope everything's good. I try to find the good in a lot of things just because it's easier that way, and it's it's a lot more energy trying to hate on something. Yeah, that, for sure. Uh, I enjoyed Korra for what it was. It's not The Last Airbender. It's not the same thing. It's Korra's story. It's what the writers made it to be. It's not the same as Aang's. They take place in the same universe, but it's just so hard to compare these different things, despite yeah. them trying, despite them obviously being the sequel to it. Well, it's also just um, trying to tell, like, like, it's not just that it's Korra's story. It's it's just a completely different story. Yeah, it's a completely Overall. different story. And if we're being honest, it's it's honestly a completely different world than what the Aang story took place in. They so, have cars. Yeah, they do. They Aang, do have Aang cars. Aang killed cabbages. Yeah, Aang, Aang rode on My a bison. cabbage corp. Yeah. That's all I know about Korra. <laughs> the, the cabbage guy has, like, a corporation, and he, like, gets arrested or something because, like, money laundering. I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> My cabbage court. Yeah, that's all I have for movie news. If you have anything to add, uh, I yeah, actually I do. Um, <laughs> AMC is kind of kind of messed up, you know. Tell me. Uh, they've announced a new ticket pricing method mm-hmm. that they're going to be implementing mm-hmm. based off of where the seats are in the theater. Seats closer to the center of the theater are going to be more expensive what? than seats around. Yeah. Elijah Wood actually came out and was like, this is so messed up. Our society for years has been has been just like built to like make poor people feel even worse about being poor. And and this is just bringing it to like new lows. I'm like, yeah, no, I completely agree. That's just stupid. Thank goodness the only theater near me is like a Cinemark or an Imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's so like 
that that feels dirty. Yeah, you're already paying so much money for um, normal theater for going to a theater. Now, like they're like fifteen, sixteen dollars now. Yeah, I will say, it, like, there's no confirmation on like I don't think there's any confirmation on like what the pricing is gonna be, but if it's like maybe like you know a discount and like making it, it's not changing the high end but changing the low end yeah. for where the ticket is. That would be cool, but. You know, this is the real world, and that's probably for sure not going to be the case. Yeah, that's... I don't like that. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. We, um... Me and, uh... Me and Kenneth... What theater do you have you? Uh, we we have a uh, Cinemark. Me and Kenneth go to a Cinemark. Cinemark. Let's go. Yeah, so... Let's go. Like, so what we usually do... Um, because James lives in Cincinnati, so like the last time we saw a movie with him was like when Sonic released. But yeah. it used to just be us coming to the movies. Uh, I buy the tickets because I'm better on like time and coordination for buying them. Uh, yeah. And then Kenneth just grabs the snacks. It's we pay like like together. We pay like, like somewhere 50, sixty bucks, right? Like sixty or seventy dollars, like because yeah. the tickets are like thirty something, and then like. We get snacks and like you know, oh I want my I see I see thirteen dollars. It's like whoa like, I don't even have the cool cup. Yeah, yeah. no. And the cool cups like twenty I, bucks. It's I should have. Ridiculous. They should just give me the Infinity Gauntlet a cup holder thing that I have to wear on my hand <laughs> yeah. that you can't like open bottles with. Yeah, no. Do, it's, do you, do you yeah, know it's from that? it's from, yeah the one from the, Avengers the, the Campus. Disney. Yeah. No, no, no. The one from. The one in Disneyland or whatever, the one in California. Yeah, from um, Adventures Campus. Yeah, you, it's a cup holder. Yeah. Well, yeah, but do you know about the specifics for it? No. You can. They are. They are literally only allowed to put bottles of Coca Cola or Diet Coke into your hands. They like. Why? Um, I I saw like Why? Disguise toasted a video recently or like by recently i mean like a year ago or something where he went to avengers campus uh and got that and he asked them to like get a cup of water and put it in there and said like actually we're not allowed to it needs to be coke so he had to get a diet coke and also he tried to open it in the gauntlet you can't like clench your hand in that so like it was just free spinning in there so he had to take (laughs) his hand out of the gauntlet to be able to open the coke Oh, Uh, and then he ended up just putting uh, his shawarma in there instead which ended up being a lot better (laughs) interesting that's that's really sad yeah Um, no yeah where were we (laughs) Uh, we just got done complaining about AMC um, so we're going to move on to TV uh so uh oh yeah i have i have notes about this um let's go alien tv show in production uh alien alien like the alien like like alien like daisy ridley like 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 mouth in in, in yeah xenomorph yeah like tongue sticky impregnate your chest thing i'm excited Um, about that is it going to be continuing the stuff from like prometheus or i I thought you were going to say you like stuff in your chest but uh, so John that's Landgraf, the, that's a topic for a different website, John Landgraf, uh, <laughs> the chairman of the FX content and FX productions, uh, Matt um, MD, um, apparently, uh, has went out and said, uh, 
has spoke about uh, the production of the Alien TV show. Um, oh. The scripts are written, is what was uh, pretty much said. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a lot of things here. Um, the scripts Sweet. are written. I think he's meeting with his production design in Austin, where he lives. Um, I've been wanting some new Alien content. I Yeah. I adore that franchise. I know that there's been some like really stinky stuff that has come out of it, but overall, like I'm just here for a fun ride. If they give me a B movie from like alien, then I'm going to be a little peeved, but at the same time, it's going to be an alien movie or TV show. I yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think, I, I don't know the whole like aliens and predator, like, uh, another movie that I think is really interesting that we should talk about is uh prey i don't know if you saw yes i have not i need to yeah so prey uh is an interesting movie uh so yeah that whole universe i just think is really it's really fun uh but it's in production so a lot of stuff is in production a lot of tv shows in production um uh, do you have anything else? I think we want to save this other thing that I have on the list. Uh, uh, is it about um, us and the last of it? Or mm, no, it, it is not. Uh, cool. No. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the last of us TV show has come out with Pedro Pascal. With Pedro Pascal, yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's truly the death nail in the coffin for the whole like ideology that there can't be good video game ad- adaptations. The show is doing so incredibly well, and I'm so happy for the production team. I'm so happy for all the actors and the writers and everyone that went into it. I haven't seen anything from it yet. I am I am in this weird debate window whether I should just go and watch the show right now <laughs> yeah, or play the game or if I should play the game yeah. so I have some kind of frame of reference. I've heard from I've heard uh recommendations from both sides um for like to do either of those two things. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is consume the last of us in some way shape or form. Um yeah. they after like episode two came out, they already had confirmed that they were greenlit for season two, which is awesome. Great for them. Yeah, the pilot um, got like crazy reviews. Pilots crazy reviews. If you're not sure about watching it, um, just because like I think the first oh, I need an HBO Max episode. That's exactly what I was gonna say because you'd need an HBO Max episode uh, account to be able to watch it. The first episode is literally completely free on YouTube, so you can go and give it a shot. And if you're into it. Then it's just one of those shows where it's like going to be super worth it to watch it. And you can like, you know, you can like just peruse HBO Max for like a month and the show will be out then by then, especially if you get the account now. Um, Or, you know, you can just wait until the whole thing's out and then have an account for it. I like, you know, we're not sponsored by them or anything, but uh, truly as it stands right now uh, outside of like trying to consume like anime or anything like that I think HBO Max in my personal opinion is the best streaming network available yeah. right now no. it has like the best exclusives it um, has ton- it has tons of stuff um, the only you know, there's this great fantasy TV show that I've been binging and trying to get caught up on right now I it's it's a small one I don't know if anyone's heard of it Game of Thrones is an incredible TV show I'm on like season 6 now 
um, dreading season eight as it gets closer and closer. Yeah, um, it has it, it just has a lot, and even like a lot of classics in its catalog. Um, Netflix is just losing a lot of stuff. It doesn't really have a lot of good things anymore. Uh, it's even losing like anime and stuff. Uh, yeah, I have to 100% agree with it. I, I think if you don't have an HBO Max subscription, uh, definitely think about it if you want to support people. Uh, like support the industry because it has a, a ton of stuff. Um, also, based off of the topics and things that we usually cover, you probably already have an HBO Max subscription because a lot of the things that we are that we have already covered and will continue to cover or cover in the future are going to be things that you can find on HBO Max, including the the topic <laughs> of today's episode. Um, today's episode. Oh yeah, yeah, including today's episode topic, the menu. Yeah, uh, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, but the last thing I want to bring up about it uh, for The Last of Us um, viewership overall uh, is skyrocketing and just continuing to skyrocket. Uh, it's what episode four is about to come out um, on Friday, two days earlier than it's usual because it re- usually releases on Sunday. They're releasing it on Friday because uh, Sunday is the Super Bowl and yeah. nobody wants <laughs> no to compete one... with that. Yeah, um, it's going to be hard. I'm. I don't watch football. I don't. I don't do sports. Yeah, so I am. Do. I. I am like uh, on the side now, door dashing. So I'm really excited to be door dashing the entire Super Bowl. Uh, there's a person who made like two hundred sixty dollars in three hours uh, last year doing DoorDash in in my area. So like I'm gonna make some good money. Um, but uh, it's the viewership is also up by sixty percent since the premiere. That's insane. That's crazy. Uh, great for them. Outstanding job. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Um, and I have one more thing to bring up for yeah. uh, TV. Um, Star Wars Visions 2 or Visions Volume 2 uh, we don't have like the most information about it yet but we do have a confirmed animation studio now for one of the episodes uh, and it is a animation studio that I hold near and dear to my heart Ardman Animations the people who make Wallace and Gromit are going to have a short in Star Wars Visions Volume 2 interesting huh. I am over the moon uh, about that that's that's so that's so cool that's that's so fun stars visions was so much fun i i'm so excited that they're continuing with it and i hope they just like keep continuing with it yeah no visions i feel like it was when they released like their whole what was that back in like 20 2019 or 2020 when they released i think it was 2020 they released their whole like vision board i was like oh i wonder what this is gonna be and honestly, out of everything, uh, uh, it's one I, of my favorite things. <laughs> I'm gonna say I loved Obi Wan, but like Visions definitely competes with it. It also competes with the Mandalorian whenever the Mandalorian's out. Uh, yeah, but solidly holds its spot as like my favorite thing that has come out. Star it's Wars just fun. Really. Yeah, no, it's, it's Star Wars fun. That's all it has to be. Yep. Um, we're gonna we're gonna dial it over to a to a more uh de- demeaning tone. I don't I don't know the proper Ooh. word. Sad tone. Tell me more. Uh, oh, okay. Um, Justin Roiland left Adult Swim. Uh, for those who don't know, he was the co-creator of Rick and Morty. He was also the what was his production studio? 
Uh, it's also the voice for like 90% of the cast. Squanch of, Games. Of and Morty. Squanch yeah, Games. Yeah, Squanch Games for High on Life. Yeah, so he also left that. Um, reasons for him leaving, you can look it up yourself. We're not, we're not going to be gossip news or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but he left. Uh, they did say that they were continuing Rick and Morty. Uh, Don't know how. Yeah. Uh, this this voice. The, it, the thing about he's it. He's not been a part of the writing team for a very long time, apparently. But he does obviously voice does a voice. large portion of the cast. Including the main two characters of the show. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be one of those like odd transitions. Like I'm, I've been 10 on the mind. It's like the voice actors for the aliens changing, but on a very different level because we're going to hear the voice. It's either going to be people trying to mimic his original impressions of the characters, or they're just going to give him new voices. So, uh, however they take it, uh, I'm eager to see, uh, but yeah, just just something I I just wanted to bring up. I'm a casual consumer of Rick and Morty, uh, and High on Life is a pretty great game. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got I got no comic news. I, I don't I haven't read comics in a while. <laughs> uh, there are there are some things going on that that is for sure. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Si- Mr. Sinister killed. I do know something. Mr. Sinister took over the entirety of the Marvel universe. I know that. Oh, that's that, fun. That's about it. Anyway, Eddie Brock is confirmed to never be Venom again. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, and the Joker is pregnant. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're done. Uh, anyway, video game news. Yeah, that is a uh, that is something. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. that I is... don't. I want to know, but I also don't want to know so bad. Uh, uh, oh, I forgot about. That's yeah. So, cool. so uh, I just sent Vincent something from Twitter. Uh, don't judge me for using it. Uh, a <laughs> company, NYXI, Nix, Nixie, uh, cr- has created a GameCube style aesthetic uh, Switch controller. Uh, I, I'm remembering this from the last time I read anything about this article. Uh, it's not just any GameCube controller. It's the WaveBird. Yes. The original, yes. the original wireless GameCube controller. Yes. It's so chunky. It, that um, C-Stick looks disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it also seems like it is very wide uh, when connected to... Like the actual controller base, uh, which concerns me. Like the distance oh, between wait, the D pad and the Joy Cons. Yeah, the Joy Cons. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Uh, my concern is the distance between the D pad and uh, the the joystick between the D pad and the. What did you see? The C stick. Um, yeah. But I I am excited about it. Apparently it only has like a three or four hour life. Uh, battery life. But. Oh. Yeah. That's that's kind of depressing. But. Um, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. It's, it looks cool. I might buy one. Uh, they're on pre-order. Uh, I have a couple things. 
uh, Star yeah. Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, I loved Fallen Order, so I just wanted to bring it up to you. You already know about it. Uh, mm-hmm. You got that gameplay. Uh, I saw a little bit of it. Looks interesting. Um, and then <laughs> Tekken 8 is having a crossover with, oh, what was it? Uh, Baki, I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Huh. Baki? Uh, is it Baki? Oh, wait, no. I know that Overwatch is, 2 is having a crossover with One Punch Man. Yes, Tekken 8 is having a Baki crossover. Baki's going to be in the game. That's sick. That actually might get me to buy Tekken 8. Yeah. Uh, do you have any video game news? Uh, yeah, well, like I briefly mentioned, uh, we have our next bit of information for Overwatch 2's roadmap for Season 3. Mm-hmm. I know, groan, groan, groan about Overwatch, but I, I wanted to bring up the fact that um, they are having a One Punch Man crossover, and... Doomfist is have is getting a Saitama skin, which looks absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I I wish them the best. I hope they make the game better. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm-hmm. for the first time in video game history, from my understanding, has won a Grammy mm-hmm. for best scored soundtrack for video games. Uh, which is super cool. Um, great for them. Uh, Assassin's Creed, you know, whether you're there for the game or not, uh, has always had just good music. So it's good that that's been acknowledged on such a major scale. Hopefully we will see uh, that be a continued thing where video games will be able to um, show up more and more in other places. Um, PlayStation 5's PS Plus collection which is a collection of games that you can just add to your library for free, um, including things like The Last of Us Remastered, God of War, um, uh, Spider-Man, and other stuff like that, mm-hmm. is going to be removed May 9th. Anyone who has yes. claimed those games already will be able to still play them and keep them in their PS Plus collection. But past May 9th, if you haven't redeemed that, then you just won't be able to anymore, which is kind of a shame. But they have hit a point with like their their PS Plus like free games and stuff like that, especially with like uh, their like classic catalog and other stuff like that, that I can kind of kind of understand. It's still a little weird. It's it's a really cool thing to just have available for somebody. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, no, totally agree. If you have friends who have a PS5, then just see about logging yourself in on their on their thing, especially if you have like a PS PS Plus subscription already. Uh, that's that's the only thing that you have to do to be able to claim it. Just be logged in on your account on a PS5, and then you can claim that stuff for free. Um, so just see about doing that for May 9th. You've got a couple months. Yeah. I believe in you guys. You could do it. Um, and the last thing that I have for news as a whole is um that e3 is probably going to end up dying yeah uh nintendo playstation and xbox has have all officially announced that they once again are skipping e3 which leaves 
Devolver, PC Game Show, Bethesda. And that's about it. There's a couple. There's the Indie Game Show. It, there is. There's, but those, like, It's those, kind of sad to see that E3's just become the small stuff now. Yeah. Because which those, are those, the, those are the things that draw people yeah, to watch which it. Which all of those developers kind of do their own thing. Like they just, they do like small directs now. Like just like how PlayStation does State of Play. All of that. It's really sad because E3, like you said, it, it's like a gamer culture phenomenon. It's... It's something that we all hyped for during July and June. Uh, we got our bingo cards out. We were predicting everything. And it was literally, I think, pre-3 didn't have a lot. But, like, they those three made up the first three game, the first three days of E3. It usually went, like, Microsoft yeah. or Sony then the other one afterwards, then Nintendo. And then the day after would be the day that all of the people there would do demos. Uh, we'd usually have the fourth day being when the Treehouse happened. So Nintendo Treehouse, they would play all the games that they had demos for, that they announced, or any new DLCs and stuff. Um, and, of course, that was pretty much like the big day that people weren't in conferences, so they would be able to play anything that was on display. Yeah, it yeah. is it is very sad that E3 is dying. But I mean, ever since COVID uh shut down the world for a year, uh and kind of made it it honestly made people think like do we really need to spend all this money? We can just show it off in a video. Yeah. Nintendo was already well. doing it, but I think that kind of drove state of play and whatever Microsoft calls theirs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it for me. Um uh, do you have any anime or manga? No. Oh, wait. I am silly. There is some more stuff that was happening that literally happened today. Oh, yeah. Today we had a Nintendo <laughs> Direct, speaking of which, um where a couple, quite a few things were announced and shown off. Um I don't have any of the info pulled up in front of me, but you can look up Nintendo Direct. February 8th, 2023. And you can find all of that info laid out on probably like a, a screen rant or a game rant article. Um, but uh, some pretty cool stuff was shown off. Uh, Metroid Prime Remastered is happening and coming out on the Switch. It'll be $40 as opposed to $60, which is great. Um, uh, I know. Woohoo. Having to spend $40 on a game that's already come out. But um, as somebody who's never played Metroid Prime and uh, is now potentially going to have an option to be able to play it on like a slightly better looking thing and then have it on the go with my Switch if my Joy-Cons ever functioned. Um, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Uh, we had our first trailer in literally months of the Breath of the Wild sequel, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, rest in peace, the queen. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it is coming out this year. I think they said it was coming out May twenty third. Yeah, um, five twenty three. I I'm so I'm so excited. You can fly a drone. You can drive a car that looks like it was made from that <laughs> um, from Banjo Kazooie. Uh, 
<laughs> but I, I'm just so excited to go back and play a new Breath of the Wild again. Uh, it, it's still kind of weird to me that they're doing a sequel to a Zelda game because they they don't do that often. Um, but I'm, like, I mean, Breath of the Wild was such an awesome and unique game that like I I just was hoping and frothing at the mouth of the idea of them actually going and making uh, a sequel to it. I, I want to contradict you real quick. Um, a few of the Zelda games are actually sequels. Uh, well, yeah, like, a few of them. But like so, Zelda uh, One and Zelda Two. Uh, I think yeah, Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. Well, no, even like in the main line, they have uh, Link to the Past. No, I think it's Link. Awakens. Well, they follow a timeline for sure. No, but um, some of them are like direct sequels. Like, I think Link's Awakening or Link to the Past directly goes into Oracle of the Seasons or Oracle of the Ages. And then mm. uh, Majora's Mask is a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then Minish Cap is a sequel, is a prequel to Four Swords Adventure. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It, it has happened a good chunk of times, but like, you know. In the overall thing. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Especially, like, yeah. thematically. Uh, we're mm-hmm. just picking up right where the story like, this left is a off. direct sequel. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is literally minutes after you beat the game uh, in the first yeah. game. Uh, unlike the rest of them, which are, like, they had an epilogue and then there's a new story. But, yeah. Um, Pikmin 4. Pikmin 4? Yeah, I'm a big... I'm a big I'm a big Pikmin fan. I saw the. I've Pikmins. never played Pikmin before. Pikmin is um, a resource slash strategy puzzle game. Uh, Pikmin, Pikmin in my head has always it's always been like one of those like super unique games, sort of like up there like WarioWare smooth moves, where like <laughs> I just look at it and I'm like, oh, this is a Nintendo game, and that's not a bad thing. That that's just like indicative of like how unique. Nintendo games can look as opposed to like other other companies and how their stuff is like really hardcore realistic stuff. Yeah. Like Nintendo Nintendo's always been sort of about like the fun and like pushing boundaries and on it's, things. It, it's a lot like it it keeps those Nintendo classic things like original Nintendo games like you didn't just have the base adventure game or whatever it was like Kirby is the perfect example, I think, of when I think of like classic Nintendo games and how they act. Yeah, you had like the story, you had mini games, and then Nintendo loves fucking collectibles. Like, oh my god, they love collectathons. So and like little things that you find that you get additions for for like one hundred percenting or whatever. Yeah, Pikmin has resource management. It has strategy, combat, puzzles. And there's a shit ton of collecting. So. Yeah. Uh, I definitely. It's a game that I think you should definitely jump on the first game for. It's on the Wii. Yeah. Uh, because I guarantee you, if you start with Pikmin 4 and then you work your way back, you're going to be like, oh. It's, it's, it's a game that builds upon itself with if you know the pre existing controls and how everything functions, it'll help as you go on. But yeah. I feel like it's worse if you just start stripping away <laughs> things that yeah, you know. Yeah, probably. That's that's kind of how it was for me in trying to go and play Kingdom Hearts 1 after after playing and beating Kingdom Hearts 2. I was just <laughs> like, where are my drive forms? <laughs> Why am I moving so slow? <laughs> Why am I not fast? 
I bet that's how people play it, that played three. Imagine playing three and then going to one. It's like, why can't I lock on? <laughs> um, I am going to dash through some anime and manga news because yeah, we, for sure. Uh, we're gonna go through anime and manga real quick because uh, we have spent some time on this. Uh, Psychopaths. Providence is a movie that's releasing May 12th in Japan. Woo. I know there's people interested about that. Uh, the Seven Deadly Sins, Four Nights of the Apocalypse, which is a sequel series to the original Seven Deadly Sins series, is releasing in 2023. Uh, for those who saw the original s- movie that introduced the characters, it's not in the same animation style. It's like a 3D CGI animation. It's not that. Uh, it's more of the traditional style. Uh, and Black Clover's Sword of the Wizard King is two months out, I think. A month and a month and a half out from release. I uh, just wanted to bring those up real quick. And let's, let's, let's dive straight into the menu. Uh, before we even start it, uh, 1 to 10, what do you give it? Uh, 10. 10? Yeah. Uh, I'd give it a 10. I give I went into that with, like, literally no expectation, and I loved every second of it. Um, I, I give it a 9. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I think it'd be funny if we just went through the menu by the menu <laughs> by the, by the menu by the yeah menu. for sure uh, um we're we're greeted at the start of the movie with a nice plate of lemon caviar served on raw oyster with uh oh what is that mignonet i don't know uh, <laughs> oh, very Japanese way of pronouncing that. So, <laughs> so the the movie starts off with our. I, I debate to say both of them are the main characters. It's more like the the main character and uh, the guy that's and there. then Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Anya Taylor. It's, it, this is so funny because Margo. Well, Anya Taylor Johnson. And, You're not a Margo. <laughs> and uh, I forget the name of. I forget this guy's name. Nicholas Hole. Nicholas Hole. They're his, both his character is Tyler. They're both character. They're both actors who have played X Men characters. Yes, he was Beast in X Men First Class in like the Phoenix Saga movies. Yeah, and she was Magic in the New Mutants movie. The entire time in the movie, I was just like, I can't unsee this at all. That's so funny. Uh... Yeah, so the movie starts. I knew he looked familiar. The oh movie, my God. the movie starts off uh, in kind of like a casual introduction, where we see Tyler and Margot uh, standing at a dock. Uh, is that that's how it and starts? We're out, not. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah we're yeah, not okay. really sure of their relationship. Yeah, we're a lot of stuff is just revealed in the movie, uh, which I love. But Tyler has gotten them a couple seats. To a very exclusive dinner uh, with I a, think the cost was like 2500 a head. That's what he said or something like that. Um, with a 
Um, give me one second. Let me just pull up the actor list just so I'm not. Oh, I have it. I just need. I just need it for names. That's all. Uh, I didn't need pictures. I need the cast list. Uh, not pictures. Who are you looking for? Okay, we're back. We're we're good. We're back. Uh, so, Chef Slowick is a world-renowned chef. Uh, to which they are going to his private island to have a meal there. Uh, they're also being joined by a lot of a lot of people. They're being joined by what looks like some aristocrats, what looks like to be some entrepreneurs, some people with money. Uh, and uh, funny enough, Margot uh, recognizes one of them. We'll get to that later, maybe. Uh, but we're very unsure about everything up to this point. Uh, we pretty much get the idea that she's not amongst her people. Uh, mm-hmm. And that just starts the theme of, like, one of the many themes in the entire movie. Um, and it, I, I, it's a very calm beginning. Uh, it's definitely something that if you're not, if you're not ready to sit through this movie and it's just something that might come on, you know, if this is like a movie that gets rerun on television eventually in the future, I don't think a lot of people are going to watch it because this beginning, although very standard, it doesn't really have too much of a hook, in my opinion. Yes. It's a lot of mystery. So you have to be in it for the mystery and the revelations. Um, but on their way, um, on the boat, when they board on the way, uh, this is the beginning of it all. Uh, and they get served the, what Vincent originally said. Lemon and le- caviar served on raw oyster with mignonet. Mignonet. Um, which uh, Tyler like eats and he's he, he's the I'm just gonna say it now he's so like uh, he's so like and posh and it's it's just like just eat it just eat the oyster he's trying he's, to he's a food critic I forgot yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a food critic I, well no he's not uh, he's a food he's a he's a food groupie uh, that's the best way that I can describe him. Mm-hmm. Because be like he talks, critic. he talks a really big game. It's like, oh, uh, like he he talks about like uh, the like ways that things are made and stuff like that, and tries to like use big corporate buzzwords and stuff like that. Yes. It, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just doing word. Fun. But he is. But um, he is a reviewer. Like it's yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um. But it's it's really interesting. I, I don't. I'm allergic to shellfish, so I wouldn't be able to enjoy this. Um, oh, oh no! But we get to we get to the island. We're we're not gonna as we do with all of our movie reviews. We're not gonna tell you the play. Give you the by play, play by play. Um, yeah. But they get to the island uh, and they get shown around the island by this nice Asian lady. Uh, I'm Elsa. Asian. I can say this uh, by Elsa. Um, and you start by her mannerisms. You uh, you immediately start to see where the direction of this is going, uh, with her showing around the island because uh, it's explained to us that 
Chef Slowick. Uh, they harvest everything from the island. Everything is on the island. They sleep on the island. They live on the island. They get the fish from the island. They grow the fruits on the island. They grow the vegetables they on, the on the island. They gel on the island. They put. They get their meat from the island. They domesticate animals like and everything. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> but everything is on the island, uh, and everything is going to stay on the island. Hint, hint. Uh, but that's all a part of the dining experience. After a couple things that kind of uh, frighten the viewer with some of the words that Elsa says, uh, we eventually get to the dinner tables. They sit down. Uh, the introduction is done by Slowick, I think. Or does Elsa do the introduction of the dinner? Um, I believe... No, Elsa, Elsa does the introduction with the amuse-bouche. Yes. Um, so the amuse-bouche is... I don't think this picture... We have pictures. Uh, it doesn't do it justice. Because if I remember the amuse-bouche was the extravagant one with... Or was it the island? The island was the really extravagant one. Okay, the island was the really extravagant one. Um, I don't remember the amuse bouche. Was it just... So the amuse bouche was like little... Um, little like dots that you would see like from the... the food... Not... Not, I want to say the food kitchen, but that's not no the food lab. Oh, it's like it deals with gastrology, super concentrated yes. gastrology things. Yeah, um, and then they do like a powder, a powder th thing that's not powdered sugar or whatever. Um, and this is where like Tyler, uh, Tyler's character really just like kind he's, of made me he's upset. He's like, he's like, he's I, like, I have one of those machines. He's like eating. Uh, he's eating it very pretentiously. He's like smacking his lips, talking about the flavor and uh, pointing out similarities and saying, oh man, the, I, I just want to quickly talk about Tyler and Slovak's Yes. <laughs> I want to talk about Tyler and Slovak's relationship real quick. The way that he idolizes this guy and the way that Slovak just denies the attention that he wants in the best ways oh, it's, it's so, so tasty it's it's so interesting um, it's not really good umami but this is the this is besides the oysters this is like the this is us starting to get into seeing tyler's pretentiousness and how he believe how he views himself as a food critic i think this is when she doesn't eat this right margo doesn't eat this Margo doesn't eat like anything. anything. So she says she's not going to eat it. Uh, is this when he breaks the glass? No. The breadless plate is when he breaks the glass, I believe. Yes. So uh, he, I'm pretty sure he says this to like all of the food is like that she, he's going to eat it uh, because it's so delicate and delicious that or delectable and delicious that he can't It'll not eat waste. it. It'd be a waste. Yeah. Um, but my favorite part about this is not just the characters that we see. I, I think Margot's the he, she's an amazing point of view character. Um, mm -hmm. And then Tyler is a good foil to it because like we see like the opposite, like they're, they're, they're drastic opposites. Um, and, but yeah. my favorite part about it is seeing all of the characters around. 
um, going from table to table, getting an understanding, very obvious understandings about what each of these people are supposed to represent, the different uh, demographics that they're supposed to represent, and Absolutely. also the different themes that they have. Just immediately when you see them eating this first meal, you see a lot of it also when they're moving through the island in the beginning. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. When they're just talking and everything. So I want to bring up Lillian here. Lillian is the food critic that Slovak, yes. that Slovak invited. Uh, and she is joined by Ted. Is Ted. it Ted? Is yes. it Ted? It is Ted. Uh, who is her husband, lover. Hype man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's, it, it is her yes man. Yes, whether they are romantically involved or not, this is her yes man. Uh, backs her up whenever anything happens, and it's it's so interesting because Ted is just Tyler, except Tyler aspires to also just be Lillian in many ways. Mm-hmm. And then also Slowick. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, yes. But he doesn't he, he doesn't know how to cook. But he's like he's like Muppet Man. You know? <laughs> yes. Where, where where it's like just just a bunch of sort of a bunch of kids all like stacked on top of each other trying to be something that they're not. That's that's the best way that I can view Tyler. I can see like a small version of Ted, a small version of Lillian, and a small version of Slowick all hiding together in just one big chef's cloak, and that's just Tyler. Yes. Um, or what Tyler aspires to be, at least. Um, yeah. So, uh, just to go through the tables real quick, we have... Uh, so, we have Anne... Anne and Ted. Anne, or not, sorry. Anne, Anne and, and Richard. Richard uh, who are the rich couple uh, who... I, I'm just going to go over the archetypes that they, that they fulfill. They are the couple that goes to their so each table represents like a different stereotype or archetype um of like a rich person or like a societal view they are the rich people who go to the restaurant as a shot a sign of status Mm -hmm. um and we get some juicy stuff later about it um oh yeah then we get the table of soren bryce and dave uh which are the uh, rich entrepreneurs who don't really fucking care about anybody but themselves. And um, are money embezzlers. Yes. Uh, then we have Felicity and John... Uh, John Leguizamo, who just plays John Leguizamo. Yeah, he, it's just movie star. It's uh, He's it's, a credited yeah, movie star. Him. Yeah. Um, who was uh, in a very famous movie uh, that did horribly called... Uh, like right uh um hello mr sunshine or something yes a fun fact about about this character originally it wasn't penned to be john leguizamo originally it was actually planned for it to be daniel radcliffe playing daniel radcliffe (laughs) but then but then things just didn't line up um which i find fascinating and awesome i would have loved to see daniel radcliffe but john leguizamo 
is an absolute perfect actor for this movie. Yeah, no, he does a great job representing. Uh, they are the movie star and assistant that he's having an affair with, or that he's married to, maybe has a wife and is in a relationship with her. Uh, yeah. He is. And the, she very much wants to leave her job. Yeah. Yeah. She wants to leave the job in him. Um, he is the movie star that fakes a relationship with the chef. Uh, apparently beforehand uh, has hyped up his relationship with Jeff, uh, Chef Slovak. Uh, and it, it's all fake. Uh, he doesn't know him. Uh, and uh, the Soren, Bryce, and Dave all are there because. Chef Slovic is like sponsored slash funded. He got by funded company, through COVID by by their by their, their boss com- by their boss. Um, I I loved I loved the line we we funded you guys through COVID. Yeah. That was a very funny line. Um, and then Lillian and Ted there, the very posh, very egotistical food critic, and her hype man. Uh, and, and then, then we, we have, have one more table uh, with Linda, Linda, Linda Slovic, uh, his mother, Chef Slovic's mother is very drunk, yes. very, very drunk. Um, but uh, we go through what is this? How many meal course we get through the first course? I'm going to say that the oysters were like an appetizer. Um, we go through the first oh, yeah. course. uh and there are so many things to dissect in between that it's it's just so hard to like not talk about this whole movie. Um, but we get to so I think both of them are considered like the appetizers, uh, or at least ones like the, the amuse-bouche is a, is a lead into. Yeah, the first it's not course. itself an appetizer. Yes. Um, so we have the first course, which is the island. Uh, it's the most extravagant looking dish I've ever seen in my life. Yes. So the island uh, is literally made up of the entire ecosystem, tree f- branches and fucking all. And and scallops and scallops. So the whole thing's edible outside of the rock. That yes. Um, so we have all of this. We go around the tables. We get everybody's opinions. Uh, this is the very basic interlude. Like, this is the slow part of the movie, and then, like, shit hits the fan by the time we get to course three. Uh, or is it course? No, no. Yeah, it is. It is course three. Is it course three? Yes. Um, but the island, uh, it gives us an understanding of, it, it represents the concept of, Life, the life on the island, the ecosystem itself, and it's like a humble beginning, which I feel like is a very big theme for another one of the uh, interlying themes of it, um, that this course is a reflection upon Chef Slovic's life. Uh, I don't know if you would agree with that, that this entire yeah. dinner is just a self-reflection of his. Oh, for sure. Um it starts out very, very sweet, very easy, and slowly progresses into things that are not just complex, but also like messy and f- 
finely detailed as uh, to parallel like his life both becoming more complicated and more I don't know like it, it's just like growing up you know what I mean yeah so uh, what did you think of Chef Slowick as a character throughout the movie as a character as yeah. well as the actor himself um well I I enjoy the actor um he's a lot I, of great things I adore him I did not realize until the end of the movie and it was explained to me afterwards that he was Voldemort um yeah. which makes me laugh so hard because I was just thinking the entire time that he would just pull out a gun and be like <laughs> <laughs> Um, Slovak's character. I think Slovak's character is my favorite character. I'd agree with that because it's very. There are many parallels, and there's many ways to look into his life through the entire movie, not just with the obvious like exposition of him. Uh, explaining things to Margot and things that Margot finds later on in the movie. Um, but like I said, the entire course, in my opinion, kind of reflects him. And he explains it throughout the entire dinner uh, and what each meal means. Uh, but this all being his final hurrah in life is, I don't know, it's, there's something poetic about it. Uh, I think that's the entire oh, yeah. deal with this movie is that it's supposed to be poetic and have this message. But no, I love the way that it's presented. I love the way that like he gets mad at Margot. So in the beginning, when they sit down or when they even come off the dock, Tyler has to explain that this isn't his original date, that Margot is a substitute. And it just throws Slovak off so much because he was yeah. expecting another pretentious, like, you know, rich egotistical I'm really person. interested to see to like think about and like potentially find out at some point in the future although I don't know if they'll ever go in depth about it but who Tyler was originally supposed to bring yeah we can expect it to be probably his, his like I'm assuming it's his like partner or whatever yeah and he just couldn't go through with it because of reasons we'll get into yeah and um whether or not those reasons were legitimately of feeling or the fact that he legitimately just couldn't take her because they were just fighting with each other. I also yeah. think the reason could also be more of a thing on Tyler's philosophical standpoint. Uh, the fact that he didn't think that she deserved the ending that they were all going to get the final dessert. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, for sure. But, no, I, I enjoyed oh, Slovak's character. What's what's the line that um, that uh, Elsa says at the start? Um, uh, you will all uh, eat your fill and not be full or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, something along those lines. You will all eat more... Uh, eat less than you need, but more than you deserve. That's what it was. That's yes. I feel like that's what it was. Uh, such a such a the writing, the script on this so good. Oh yeah. my goodness! 
And um, as somebody like who used to like work, who worked in the kitchen for like half a year, like, oh my god, yeah, I it was kind of traumatizing at times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, also working in the restaurant industry, I understand. Um, but I mean, that's that's the entire point of this. Uh, yeah, the breadless plate, the breadless bread plate. Uh, Genius. Interesting. Uh, the breaking emulsion scene, uh, and then he just fucking brought out the bowl. Oh my, oh my god! Like, my emulsion's broken, and they brought out a whole. Here's some more broken emulsion. And then he just fucking. Oh. She looks at him, and he just fucking smiles. He's like, "Yeah, bitch." Anybody like that? Um, this is the scene where the glass breaks. So throughout this entire movie, Margot and Tyler's table like upset the flow because of stuff that Tyler does or Margot does. Uh, just ex- upset the flow of what Slovak wanted for the entire dinner because, as Tyler <laughs> explains it, the dinner isn't just about the food. The dinner is about the experience. About uh, because it's a honestly, story. There's always a story. Yes, there is a story. Um, I have to agree to a certain point. Like when you go to like fancy restaurants and stuff like that, you're there for the immersion of like relaxation and like the the atmosphere. Honestly, um, yeah. But Slovak takes it to a different level. Uh, Lillian, uh, Jenna Tears character, it kind of explains it. Like whenever they're doing certain things, like I think it was when this came out, she, she was like laughing about it because she was like, "Oh, this is funny. It's just one of his, uh, one of his uh, bits, I guess, for lack of a better word." Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he always wants to present like a bigger thing than an actual meal. He wants to present a story, present a message. Uh, Tyler explains that every single one of his dinners is like this where you have to figure out what everything where you have to figure out what it is and by the end you'll like he'll explain it or you'll he'll he'll tell you what the overall theme is um but yeah the breadless bread basket it kind of just looks like there's like little bits of soup and then it's just like we're gonna put and paint. the paint yeah we're just gonna put <laughs> paint there yeah but tyler loved every no. bit of it um, and this was like truly like we got like hints at it before, but like this is where truly Margot. We didn't feel like Margot was like you know really at all wanting to be there or meant to be there because she was just refusing to like go along with the idea of it the whole time. She's, he's like, "What are you, what are you gonna do? You're gonna leave your food on your plate?" And she's like, "There's no food." Yes. Um, now for. The convenience of both time, because uh, we are running along a little bit, uh, and to just have people watch the movie, I think we should sum some things up uh, more thematically after we go over the chicken tacos. We'll, we'll go over, oh, everything will be wrapped up, but we're, we're going to talk about the chicken tacos a little bit. Uh, so chicken tacos with scissors in it is what is served in the third course, and... It is a very. We we are explained. Uh, you want to explain what Taco Tuesday? Oh yes, the Taco Tuesday. So Taco Tuesday was a very special Tuesday in Chef Slovik's house, um, especially one Taco Tuesday in particular, where their father came home very drunk, um, and he beat both him 
and his mother. Um, and after seeing his mother get beaten, he took a pair of kitchen scissors and stabbed them through his father's thigh. Um, and so to recreate Taco Tuesday, um, they have uh, some chicken, what? It was chicken cooked al pastor mm -hmm. um, with a pair of scissors stabbed into it. And then as well, they had some tortillas. Uh, these are tortillas. I, I, these are tortillas. I love. No. I love Elsa. Oh my god. No. Hon, no. What? What, what is this? Hon, how do you pronounce it? Hong Cho, Chow. Uh, yeah. Whatever her name is, absolutely fantastic, amazing. Originally, that character was written to be like a white blonde woman. Um, hence why her name's Elsa. Mm -hmm. But they, they, I think they were just like, ah. Fuck it, we want her to be the character. And she delivers everything perfectly. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if it's not Chef Slovak, Elsa is my favorite character in the whole movie. Um Yeah, I have to agree. And the torti the tortillas, tortillas are personalized for every single person. Um yeah, so in some incriminating ways. Like Tyler. Uh they at the start of it, they and they said, We ask that you do not take pictures of this. Um and uh, I believe for this movie, they actually like went and found found a way to be able to actually do this specifically for this movie. They laser engraved pictures into the tortillas, um, and t they have a picture of Tyler taking a picture of a meal that they pictures. put in front of him. So he's multiple pictures. He's of taken him. a picture of each of the courses beforehand. So he has. They yeah. give him. There's three tortillas that he has. And it's of the first two courses and the amuse-bouche. Yes. Um, for the food critic, it's uh, all restaurants that she had previously reviewed that, because of her review, caused the restaurant to close. Yep. Uh, for the uh, for the bank bros, it's it's their <laughs> embezzlements. Oh, um, you, you like my term, the bank bros? <laughs> the um bank bros. For um for John Leguizamo, it's uh it's, one it's off. him. The bank bros. Uh <laughs> oh. Um, but it's it's him in uh Chef Slovak's least favorite movie, uh <laughs> Waking Mr. Sunshine or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um and then for the older couple we get a little bit more of an insight on what? on Margot's connection with them because it's a picture of Margot with the older woman's husband. Um, we're not. It, it's it's detailed later what connection it is. Uh, Margot's character's name, I believe, is actually um, oh, what, what, she has a different name. Um, but she's a prostitute. She is a woman of the night. Um and the older <laughs> husband. That yeah, I'm the, just I'm just gonna go out and say it. That um, is, that but, is the best way I've ever heard someone say a prostitute. Well, have, you ever, a, have you ever she, a woman of the woman. night, woman of the streets? I I love that. She um, like, but like uh, you know, character. you know, we gotta make money somehow. Go off, Queen. Um, but it, the husband is so messed up. He's so messed up. Uh, because like he specifically paid for her 
um, so that he could, you know, get himself off. Um, because she looks like his deceased daughter and he would have her dress up and act like her while he got to call her a good girl. Yeah. Um, I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But the tortillas were delicious. <laughs> the tortillas. That's the important part. Um, and this, this is truly the turning point. This is where, like, even oh, if yeah. you weren't clued in before, this is where you're like, okay, things are messed up in yeah, this pe- movie. People start yelling, shit hits the fan super quick with this. The Bang Bros, the... Oh, God. It was... The Bank Bros um, were, were, like, yelling about it, like, what is this? And this is where we get Elsa's best line delivery, where she comes over and, like, they're tortillas. They're made of flour and water. They're just like, yeah, we know what it is, but what's on this? They're tortillas. (laughs) They're tortillas. So, uh, very obvious themes uh, are being shown. They're airing out dirty laundry of these people. Uh, Everybody except everybody except Margot, because they didn't. This this night was planned by Chef Slovak, uh, except Margot wasn't a part of the plan. So. Uh, she's a service worker. Yes. And it's her job to decide whether she is going to be with her people in the kitchen or not, not because she's a woman, uh, because she's a service worker. Um, the please don't cancel me. I, uh, um, <laughs> but, I know I don't watch movies, um, but maybe alone. whether she's with them or with the people outside. Yes. Um, and in, In, uh, in interest of time, we could probably be talking about the themes of this forever. Uh, Absolutely, there's so much to cover in this movie. There's it's so, such there's, an amazing there's so movie. much. But to to put a more to wrap it more in uh, a more digestible thing for you guys to consume for us to to us for us to push back on you. Um, the themes of uh, <laughs> literally the the rich eating the poor here uh, are very obvious, right? Um, a very glass onion, knives out type of situation, except it's done in the form of a restaurant, restaurant workers uh, feeding the upper class. So, um, I think the, the best part about it, in my opinion, is the relatability on the account of Margot. I am not a man of the night, but, uh, as a person who has worked, uh, jobs that weren't the best paying working in a restaurant myself, I I'm, like you can very obviously see where Slovak's coming from. It they explain it in the story itself uh, about how it is his, his journey of trying to have people enjoy food 
has both been the best and the worst thing in his life because of people like Lillian, the food critics, the people who want to judge everything that he does. And the stresses that come from that. And the idea of you having to suck it up and just go on with life. Uh, it's very much uh, expressed very well in the next course, uh, The Mess. Uh, oh my god. The I, mess. We, don't, we don't even like we don't even eat anything, right? Oh no, no, they do eat it. They do get given pieces of him, right? No, they're not given pieces of him. They're given uh pressure cooked vegetables, a filet, a potato confit, um and yeah. oh, okay. yeah, beef yeah, yeah, yeah. chew and bone marrow, but then the guy also shoots himself in the head. Spoilers. Yeah, um, he shoots himself Watch in the, head. the movie. Richard also gets it's, his finger cut off. What? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's ten courses. We're at four right yeah, now. And we're, There's we're, so many more to see. We're, we're, we're not going to go through each and every one of them in interest of both time and people to watch the movie. We are going to talk about Tyler's bullshit, though. Thank um, you. I was going to beg. <laughs> um, Man's Folly is an interesting one, but I definitely think talking about Tyler's bullshit is more interesting for us. <laughs> interesting Absolutely. For us. Um, so, of course, it's very obvious themes that have already been uh, explained to us. Uh, the mess is the best illustration of if honestly like in an alternate reality if Slovak couldn't like realize his dreams or he couldn't obtain his dreams that he would have just became the guy that shot himself yes um, so taking that and then like also like comparing it to like the real world and the message that it's trying to give is that like you know the stresses of working in these jobs the idea yeah. that these people put in maybe more hard work effort and mental strain than the people that are living on these clouds of money uh that they yeah, couldn't even also, yeah go ahead also it's 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 a lot like the actual uh restaurant industry as well because people like they say um the big thing that they say for the mess is that they bring um they bring up one of the young chefs um it's uh, Jeremy, uh, Julian's sous chef, um, that they bring forward. He joins Slovak's kitchen to be able to learn from him, be like him, and he wants to be like him. He wants to be the next Slovak, um, but, but as they, but he, he never he achieved that. He cannot achieve that. He will never achieve that, as Slovak says, and makes him admit in front of everyone. Um, and that's that's. Unfortunately, a lot like uh, the regular restaurant industry where, like, you know, you can go and train under under a chef at at a restaurant. Like, if you want, you could train under Gordon Ramsay at Hell's Kitchen or whatever. You can you can work in a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, but you're not going to be Gordon Ramsay if you ever leave that restaurant to if you ever get that opportunity to be able to leave and make your own restaurant which happens very very little um for sous chefs uh then you're not gonna be the next quarter ramsey you're gonna be you mm -hmm. um but idealizing these these chefs like this like they did in this movie um 
and trying to work towards something that large, that monumental will break people. Yes. yes entirely. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And even to take it away from like the serving industry, it's, it's something that can apply around the, like across the entire board. Like, you know, no matter what you're working in, you have the pedestal that you place other people on or the people get placed on from working somewhere and whether or not you can measure up to what they have attained is either up in the air or there's such a far gap in between the two that it's, it's like what happened in the movie. Like it's so far obtainable. You, I'm not, I'm not saying this. Don't take this out of context. Uh, Instead of you trying to do it, you might as well off yourself. That's that's honestly yeah. the message that they're trying to give to people, is that this is honestly what happens to people. Uh, and it's a sad truth. Um, but yeah. Um, I think that... Uh, we will go into Tyler's... Let's talk about Tyler's bullshit. Let's talk about Tyler's bullshit. Because I think um, after seeing Tyler the entire movie, it's it's beyond satisfying to see this happen. Oh, absolutely. But the, the repercussions of it are definitely nothing that I'd actually want to see. But the fact that it happened is like, both jaw dropping and both I don't know, it's yeah you, for sure. You have to it feel was some type of pleasure from it at least in like before this, like sometime between this and the mess, mm-hmm. um, it is brought to everyone's attention that nobody is really going to be able to walk away from this alive tonight. Everybody dying. Um, everyone's dying. Um, but one among them, Tyler, knew. He and everyone there is going to die, which is one of the reason, which is one of the most messed up reasons why he knowingly brought Margot, a prostitute that he paid for the time. Yes. To be there. Because, from my understanding, he needed one other person with him. Yeah, it wasn't something that he could go to solo. It needed to be a dinner date. Yes. Um, and so, uh, naturally, she freaks out and she she just lays yeah, into she him and actually like, hits him really him. hard. Yeah. And that was a real slap. The the cut that they used, the take that they used, I believe was the initial slap. And that was his honest to God reaction from getting hit. Mm-hmm. Um which was great. It's very, very good. Um but Tyler, as Chef Slovak brought up has always wanted to be one of them up there. As he's brought up throughout the night, he knows the processes. He has those machines at home. So why not join them? So he gives him a chef robe, and he is told that he is to make a dish for the chef himself. Yes. Tyler does not know how to cook. <laughs> Tyler is not um, a chef. And Chef Slovak, like, the... If you've been enticed so far to watch this movie, or at least watch part of it, 
at the very least watch Tyler's bullshit. It is so unbelievably funny because the chef is just leaning over him the entire time and being an absolute asshole, um, being super patronizing towards him. Because what, like the first thing that he does is he he gets green onion, chops it up, and then just throws it into a pan. Yeah, he grabs like green it's onions, like, mm. shallots, uh, butter, and then he's just like lamb. He just he's literally throwing this stuff just, together. <laughs> no thought or process. Look at this new, new uh, cutting technique that he is using that I am not privy to. Yeah, when, he <laughs> like, that, when he said that, I was like, oh, that's so, so mean. It's so mean and so great. And then he, the chef Slovak, takes a bite of it and he's like, hmm, this food is undercooked lamb and an inedible, terrible sauce. Um, And then the chef whispers something into Tyler's ear, which is honestly one of the main reasons why i will buy the physical version of this so i can hear the director's cut and get some like insight because i want to know what he said to him Mm -hmm. because it's got to be like truly the most devastating and heartbreaking thing in the world because as we find out later tyler went into the back and he hung himself yes um quite quite a dramatic turn of events and it honestly Honestly, uh, one of my favorite scenes, just because it 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 puts in perspective the the idea and it, it. What am I trying to say here? The the themes of what Tyler represents of the the wannabe and. I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm not saying that seeing this guy like lose it all is the best thing ever, but it's such an interesting conclusion uh, to the character that we've seen up until this point. Someone so posh, because he's the introduction to these type of people for us in the movie. He's the first one we see mm-hmm. uh, when we're introduced to him and Margot, and uh, he's really the gateway into it because some of these people aren't even, they're really not that bad until we get to the tacos. Um, but like him in general, he's very insufferable. And to see him being put in his place, it's, it's satisfying and also sad. Um, but also an interesting take when we look at the mess because instead of it being someone who has stressed, worked his life away to do something, we have someone who's faked his way to the top. Yeah. Um, ending in the same result. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to see this. And it's only like one, two, three, three dishes away from each other. Um. But yeah, no. It um I I'm not sure do you wanna talk about the 
Where, where do you want? I to, think. Where do you want to? End I this think off we at? should leave the rest up to you guys. We will. There is dessert, and the dessert. Uh, we will. We will talk about this one last thing. It, the dessert. We're not going to go into too much detail, but the dessert is the last course. Um, the, the last. It's to give hold of childhood innocence and good memories. Yes, and, and disgusting I, chocolate. And I believe that it is a great full circle type of thing because, as I've been saying, Slovaks, I, I believe this entire course is supposed to represent Slovak's life. Um, and it ending off with this in the way that the, end, the movie ends is like a release of bliss because of what it represents. Um, but... Go watch it because the themes of it, the ending of it, uh, the way that some of these scenes play out are just, they're they're just so interesting. Uh, It's a very simple movie, um, but just the the other 360, once you get past the first couple courses, it's just, it's interesting to watch. Um, Absolutely. Especially since we left out a lot of bigger details um yeah it's it's definitely interesting um, it's awesome it's so good it's such a good way to end yeah no uh great movie uh definitely rated high up there definitely one of my favorite movies of this i watched it in 2023 but it was a 2022 movie uh definitely one of my favorite movies of 2022 absolutely um, but yeah, uh, go watch the menu, guys. Uh, yeah. And to wrap things up, uh, thank you for watching another episode. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, please do reach out on Twitter. I am at lying underscore mask. I'm at Vincent Barlow eight. And you can reach both of us at domestic BF pod on Twitter. Shout out to ultimate Maverick X for the art. And yeah, guys, check us out for the next episode. Probably going to be Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumanium. Uh, So yeah, keep an eye out for that. We will see you later. Have a great day, everyone.